Hi, this is Umida Switlow from QSO VSO West. And if you're hearing sounds in the background, we're at the World Film Festival that CODEF puts on, and it's January. And we're preparing for the International Development Week. And part of the assignment is me talking to our alumni. And we have one, Rosalind, who's here volunteering with me at the table. So if we get interrupted, it's somebody's come and talk to us. So Rosalind, you are a true QSO VSO veteran. Yes. You have been on how many assignments? Three. So where did you start off in? Uh, in 1979, uh, QSO sent me to Tanzania. And I worked yeah, with girls and boys in a Delhi uh, yeah, settlement, youth settlement, teaching sewing. I had 12 students, half for girls and half for boys. Just wanted to make sure you know about the film tomorrow at 3. Uh, important uh, music in this world. Though, really. Absolutely, thank you. And this is about the um, 14th of February, the Women's March uh, Memorial March. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, the, more, the more people we can get out, the better, yes. because the police are being very unsupportive. All right. The RCMP are saying that yeah. they don't have a right to do it because it's Hastings Street and that's their Olympic corner. Yes, that's right. Thank you. So there we are, we're at the festival, so everybody keeps coming up and talking to us. <laughs> so anyway, Tanzania, working with, um, in sewing? In and sewing. I was, I was a sewing teacher. A sewing teacher. Did you have experience doing that before? I had taken many, many courses and I had made many, many things I had the certi uh, certification to back up my Your work. And, and they needed somebody to teach them so at some point I became very cynical because I thought you know something there's so people here are so much more gifted than I am and all they're interested in is you know having somebody teach them for nothing <sighs> because part of our requirements were that we raised funds for our project so I got funding from Danita, and that bought fabric, uh, the dyes, the thread, all of the miscellaneous items. And I also made sure that it included two students getting training at the Hakusabar, the Nubisama. Okay, so mm -hmm. Tanzania mm -hmm. is kind of known for its fabric work, because yep. they make kangas and yes. kikois and stuff. Yes. Have they continued to make things like that there? Or have they now shipped that to China? And uh, I think they still yeah. make some, eh? Oh, I'm not sure where Kangas, because I know that when I was there in the 70s, mm. they were getting them from India. Oh, were they? Uh huh. They were but made, the but they had all the little, you know, the the Swahili signs. Yeah, the Swahili signs on them, sign, you know, sayings on them. So, but, um, mm -hmm. so your first mm -hmm. assignment in the 70s, for mm -hmm. how long was that? It was a two-year contract, but uh, it wasn't quite completed yet, so we went back for one, signed another contract, and the, de the uh, agreement was that when it was completed, then we would um, go and uh, that it would be finished. Okay. Yeah. So, so it was three years. So it's yeah. Tanzania, and then uh -huh. I've uh -huh. had the honor of looking through Rosalind's wonderful photo album, mm -hmm. which ended up being her work in Ghana, right? Is yes. this Ghana? Yes. And you yeah. worked with women in Ghana? Well, I worked, I, the first, the first, um, when, what happened is, when I went, I went back 10 years after I had been in Tanzania to visit my project, 
and uh, the students were using skills they had learned at that House of Art to make uh, silk screen printed t-shirts and for large contracts. Like the Twig of Cement plant had an anniversary, so they had, you know, they got the contract for making all those t-shirts. And, and like there were over 100 people that were involved with making the t-shirts. Now, did you teach them screen printing at that point when you were in there well, in the I, 70s? They, they went to the House of Numba Sana the House of Art to learn those skills. Yeah. And you were an uh -huh. instructor then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah. you go back to Tanzania and you see the skills that you have helped and others have helped teach these students yes. being yeah. used. Well, the funding that I had, that I got, included that training for them, you see. Um, I think that with with development, there's a number of different factors that come into play. There's timing, there's funding, there's a person there. Uh, there's also the, st the stakeholders. You know, all the stakeholders have to be included in in a project for, in order for it to succeed. Absolutely. Um, so I think, uh, but that came later. I mean, when I went back and saw, I thought, this is what development is about. So I applied again to CUSO, and they sent me to Ghana. All right. And I was sent to a, 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 a girls' school in Kumasi, uh, which is in the kind of middle part of uh, Ghana, West Africa. And um, it was um, it was not terribly challenging. Um, the, what I was supposed to do uh, was totally different than what I actually did. But at the end of it, uh, one of the uh, children of the school, uh, the she's a lawyer. You know, her mother established this school with six students, and it had grown to over 800 students. Wow. So they thought they had 500 students, but I took my computer in and started doing all of the information. Oh, you helped and them? Yeah, so I had, um, yeah, so then I, I you know, made up a, an Excel program that, that had the different courses and the different, you know, how many students there were in, and we found students were auditing the course, some oh. payments were made to the wrong person. Uh, there were a lot of different problems, and they thought they had 500 students, but they actually had 800. So uh, doing things manually is, is really cumbersome, and uh, so having the computer there uh, helped. And, and then uh, an organization from England came, and they provided uh, computers for the school and for the office. So then I just gave them the files so that they could use them. But at the end, the, um, at the end of the project, Fanny, who was a daughter of the founder, asked me, she said, as an individual coming from Ghana, can you see how we can improve, you know, improve our system? So, and I saw so many problems with um, the registration program, you know, the registration, because it's done all, I, I devised, um, it was more or less the policies and procedures concerning how that should be held, you know, how it could so be done. So you were doing like mm -hmm. administration capacity building mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and systems, right? Yes, yes. So that they could yeah. be more efficient. Yeah, yes. And yeah. did they become more efficient? I have no idea. I have no idea. I know that uh, there were a lot of changes uh, made at that time. And um, so I'm not sure uh, if that was the case. The only time I was able to get back there was during a school break and all the, the office was closed. closed up. Yes. So now I also see in here a picture of you with uh, in with widows and orphans. Uh -huh. 
and it's something to do with baskets and fabrics. Did you work with them too? Yeah, when I I went to um, the CUSO office in Ghana and I said, I don't feel like it much. I mean, I, I did, but I don't feel like I, you know, I, I didn't feel very challenged. Yes. So he sent me, he, I had a choice of two, two different positions. They were both in Bolotanga. One was with the uh, Widows and Orphans Movement, and the other one was with uh, uh, Unwed Mothers. Oh, okay. And, and I had met Betty, uh, Madame Betty Agaba, at the house at Widows. Almond was, Almond Maggot was the, the, was the volunteer who was there when I went up to see the project. Um, and then I followed her after. I, yeah, so she had, she had So did you work with time. fabrics there? No, I actually I worked in the office. Again. Administration. Okay. Yeah, administration officer. Yeah. And you helped build their yeah. website, did you? Yeah, I built their website. Yeah. And um, they, that's what she wanted was a website. So I, I you know, I used front page. It was it's pretty uh, simple. I mean it's not really simple because uh, they're uh, the Widows and Orphans is involved with dealing with advocacy to make better rights for the widows and the children. Uh, they, they have an HIV-AIDS program. Uh, they have training. They try to give the widows uh, some kind of um, training so that they can support themselves. And they find that women actually give their children the schooling and the, and the, the help that they need. And so the widows, uh, when they have some kind of a, a means of earning money, then their children get better care as well. That's, what, that's known around the world. Mm -hmm. and I think that's why we do a lot of gender work. Yes. It's because yes. of that. And it yeah. just alleviates yeah. poverty and yeah. so quite quickly yeah. Yeah. when women have skills. Yeah. I think that what was interesting about it was being on the advocacy end of it because um, another organization had funded um, the advocacy part. Um, they did a survey first and then they did advocacy. And there were four villages they worked with. Um, so, for example, what they wanted to change was uh, for the widows, they were stripped of their clothing. Uh, and some women were so ashamed that their children saw them, saw them themselves without clothes, you know. And um, if they, if somebody threw hot water on the widow and she jumped, uh, she had a hand in killing her husband. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So this was a kind of the justice. Yeah. So, part the, of it. so, so the justice part was was well. There's laws in Ghana, but first thing is that um, we have to let people know this. So the advocacy had been going on for four uh, for two years, and there was. It was at the point where villages uh, were, uh, they was involving the men. Because when there was women's, uh, just women's meetings, the men would be around there hanging around listening anyway. Oh yeah, they do, don't they? <laughs> but I think it's important that they are, because, yeah. you know, like one husband said, I don't want my wife to go through that. I never realized. Because the white widows spoke oh, out, and, and the then they heard. and they and they said, "I didn't realize it was such such a terrible thing. I don't want my wife to go through that." So oh. at the end of it, uh, each village handled what they were able to do at that point. Like some said, "I'm not going to let my daughter marry. I'm not going to send her out for marriage. I'm going to make sure that she gets a good education." 
um, another is oh if she if cows have been given then the woman should get one cow at least back. Wow. Uh, the women can marry anyone she wants. Uh, usually what they want, uh, what they were doing before, was making the widow marry a brother or an uncle to keep the children in the family the, of the husband. So uh, they should have a choice. So each village had their own parameters, what they were willing to cope with. And they were signed by the chief and the elders and some of the other people. Okay, and then other villages were saying we want we want this in our village. You wow, see? <laughs> so, I see. so it was just a it would spread. So, but the thing what is that advocacy works, but it takes time. It takes it, time, and you have to have the laws in place. I think so that people say, well, you know, we you now that you know this, you can be fined if you do something against this woman. Yes, and so. Why, why they were stripping the woman is they thought, well, the dead husband can't recognize the woman without her clothes. But they, the, the logic was, well, certainly if the husband had brought her cloth, she should be able to wrap that cloth around her. Hi. Twenty-five. So yeah. So you know, I think that Rosalind, um, your work was so amazing. Um, you went back again, yes. many years later to Tanzania, yeah. to the same village you worked in. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What happened? Uh, so, there? so it, many things had changed, and I was looking for directions. But as, as so, I got directions at, uh, which way to go, and I was walking. And this one girl came to me. She said, "Rosalind," and I thought. Do I know her? I don't think I know her. But, yeah, she had heard about, I guess, the work I had been doing. And I, she recognized me right away. How many years later was that? That was ten years. After yeah, ten, ten years, years yeah. somebody in the community knew your name. Yeah, and they, that, and they knew who I was. Yeah. You know, that tells me yeah. that, that the work you did was valued. Mm -hmm. That people remembered you. Yes. And uh, we at QSOVSO honor you and yeah. thank you for your service. Yeah. Three times. Yes. Maybe another time you'll yeah. apply again and go with us yes. again. Yeah. Thank you, Rosalind. And thank by you. the way, Rosalind's a super fit lady. She can bike anywhere in the lower mainland, and I've seen her do it. Thank you, Rosalind. Thank you. <laughs>